DW Deutsche Welle. Pulse. Ah. Hello and a warm welcome to this jam-packed edition of Pulse. I'm Eunice Wanjiro and with me today is... Eddie Micah Jr. and we're in Bonn, Germany. On today's show, we meet a young German-based Ghanaian actress performing in Tamil, Ghana to help explain social issues facing Europe and Africa. We'll also meet a young student at Makerere University in Uganda making a positive impact in his community using a mobile app. These stories plus a look at youth unemployment in Liberia coming right here on Pulse. Stay tuned. Gifty Biafe is a German-based Ghanaian actress. She's currently touring the world with her performance dubbed It's in the Blood which looks at issues facing contemporary Germany and Ghana, as well as other parts of the world. Gifty is a one-woman theatre performer. Many of her performances are laced with satire. Her performance in Tamale captivated the audience. She's been performing in many regions in Ghana to help explain social issues facing Europe and Africa. Maxwell Suk went along to her performance in Tamale. 22-year-old Gifty Asari Wefe is on stage dressed in an impressive local garment. She danced to the rhythms. Gifty and her team of producers from the Cactus Theatre Group near Dusseldorf in Germany try and address all sorts of social themes which might affect the audiences which come to hear them. Wow. That happened really quickly. Perhaps I should have asked a few more questions in advance. Later in the performance, Gifty moves on to the theme of migration, and he's hard on illegal migration, although she and her parents are migrants too. She takes the audience back to the excruciating experience of arriving in Germany for the first time at the age of 15. Yet I find it easier to adjust to the German weather than to the German language. In Ghana, I used to speak English and Chi. Everybody there understood me. In Germany, I can only talk with my parents. It is frustrating and sometimes terrifying to live in a country whose language you don't speak. By talking about her own experiences, Gifty is trying to dissuade Ghanaian youth from taking dangerous and perilous journeys over the sea only to watch their dreams shatter if and when they finally arrive in Europe. Do not go to Europe by the Mediterranean Sea or by illegal ways because people, a lot of people die and they are never integrated in the society. And that is somehow death. You are alive but inside you are dead. Because all your goals are shattered, all your like dreams that you want to pursue, everything, it's shattered and you cannot really be yourself. Electronic waste, skin bleaching, maternal mortality and child labor were among the topics her play highlighted on. Electronic waste dumped at Agboboloshi, for instance, has been a major phenomenon which every Ghanaian is concerned about. 
but not everyone liked what Gifty had to say. Ezekiel thinks that she needs to highlight more on what Ghana can do rather than what it can't. The play touched on agriculture. You see, our nation imports a lot of frozen chicken. I think we have the potential in this country to produce this chicken. Uh, when you look at northern Ghana, especially our climate favors the rearing of this uh, chicken, local chicken, and they are good for us. And then the issue of agroglossy, actually, that is a concern, actually, to government and to all of us, which we must feel ashamed of. It is time that we say with courage that we don't accept anything that is harmful to us and remain committed to what uh, we see. And I think it will help us a lot. But Barbara Camilla from the Cactus Theatre Group defends their play, saying that they are not trying to spread just one truth. Their play is based on its performance own experiences. This is the way I work also with the young people in my theatre. I take the stories from the people and relate them. And it's not like a theatre play being written and then I try to find the actors. It's always based on the people I work with. This play is based on Frank, Henry, Gifty, Barbara's experiences. So nobody else could like say, okay, it's a very, very personal piece of work. In Accra, at the Gute Institute, where the play was also staged, Shine Anani, a student at the National Film and Television Institute, took Gifty and the others' messages on board. Just beside Gute Institution here is VFS. It's a visa office. And this office is where I see most of these uneducated girls and boys hanging around every day seeking visa to travel to Europe. And Gifty is in her play, telling us that it's not glossy out there. Of course, Gifty has made the jump between Ghana and Europe and is flourishing. But she still remembers how it felt at the beginning of her time in Germany. And she wants to make sure that other people don't travel under so many illusions as she did. It was full of excitement and anxiety too, cause, um, and it was full of like uh, getting to a different culture and you being feeling lonely because you don't really speak the language and um, everything is different and you, are, you don't have your friends around you. It's only your father and mother who understands you and maybe some few Ghanaians uh, there who can understand what you are saying. It's scary in the beginning, but then it gets better over the years. Listen, dear mothers, sisters, aunties, and female cousins, for years you have been toiling to make my life more comfortable. For DW, this is Maxwell Souk in Ghana. You made countless pots of tea and coffee, washed my clothes, and always made sure I had the best bed in the house. 23-year-old Basil Mwata is a Makerere University student who was among 25 young people from around the globe who were recognized by the American Internet Society for using the Internet to make a positive impact on their communities and the world. He is the founder of Agroduka, an app in its final stages aimed at connecting small-scale commercial farmers directly to the customers. He says his app will be an avenue to connect buyers to producers without the need for third parties. Frank Yiga went to find out more. 
Growing up as a child in Katiti village in Impeji district was no easy life for Basil Mota and his eight siblings. He frequently watched his mother, a farmer, try and grow and sell bananas. She was frequently exploited by unscrupulous middlemen. 15 years later, Mota is now in his third year at Makere University. He explained that his mother's experience inspired him to develop a farmer's app. We used to go to the village to farm. It is here that I learned about agriculture and it is here that I learned about how the farmers are exploited by middlemen who buy from them at a very low cost and sell at a very exorbitant price, making abnormal profits at the expense of the farmer's labor. I decided to start up Agroduka to enable farmers identify markets around them and the different prevailing prices so that they avoid being cheated by the middlemen. Agriculture is the engine of Uganda's economy. Crops like coffee, rice, cotton, sorghum and lots more are grown commercially. In the first stages, the Agroduka app will help banana, beans and maize farmers. Later, he hopes to add more crops to the app. We would love to get legitimate farmers and legitimate buyers. We wouldn't love to get ghost accounts on the platform. So what we do is that we reach out to farmers and then we talk to them and identify what crops they grow, how much they would love to sell them, and then we can register them on our platform. We talk to buyers as well and identify if they are credible buyers. The app's operations manager is fellow student Jordan Nahabwe, who is having lunch with friends in the university cafeteria. They are hoping to launch it on the Play Store soon. You know, at times as a student, you have to think outside the university and be part of the fast-moving world. When Mota developed this innovation, he called us to help him play different roles. And mine was to spot farmers growing different crops, contact them, hook them up to the agroduka system. So far, we have a network of farmers, yes, in districts like Jinja, Masaka, Bara. And we hope to expand in that by the time we upload on the Play Store, we are good to go. St. Malikudembe Market is one of the busiest places in the city, where fresh foods straight from the farm are offloaded. Nanjaskovia is a vendor who buys five bags of cassava a day from middlemen. She then sells what she buys in the hope of making a small profit. She says the ever-fluctuating food prices affect her sales and she would love the chance to cut out the middlemen. When you arrive here very early at about 5 in the morning, food is bought cheaply. The prices keep changing depending on the supplier and the price of food here is not the same as in other markets. Meanwhile, those who have enough money to buy straight from the farmers are the ones that make more profit. Farmers are also frustrated by the system. Nagudi Jessica lives just meters away from her garden. She has a commercial small holding in Kamoli district. She owns four acres of maize fields which have been her source of income for the last seven years. 
Every harvest, Nagudi Jessica hopes to harvest about 100 sacks of maize. But the price she can sell to the middlemen is peanuts compared to the prevailing market price in the cities. These so-called middlemen tell us market prices keep going down and down. And what they pay us, sometimes we cannot negotiate. They move from village to village, buying from everyone. You see, maize is on high demand, but we know they sell it to Kenya, South Sudan. The army even buys police and the schools, even those refugees. So they make a lot of money. And I believe when we receive that telephone technology from the university students, where we will find our best buyers, it will be the best news. Charles Ochichi of Enterprise Uganda is enthusiastic about the app too. He invites me to his office. He thinks the government should intervene and help such young innovators solve community problems. I think the first thing is that um, it tells you that this country has got the brains that can bring genuine solutions for our kind of local problems. The biggest challenge our farmers have is a huge supply of produce, all of them doing so at the same time. And they have no idea that somewhere, some few kilometers away, is somebody who needs to buy such produce at a good price. This kind of app will sort out such a problem. It is about sharing information. We have the brains to get solutions that relate to our real challenges. Young brains that are that bright need to be supported and allowed to concentrate on innovation. To think through a concept that delivers a solution takes time. Now, if we do not assist this young man to walk that journey of commercializing this thing, because it should be easy to use, affordable. Now, if those are achieved, the innovation will work. It is hoped that the AgroDuka Internet app, designed by a Makere University student, will put an end to the misery and frustrations farmers experience at the hands of unscrupulous middlemen, who buy from them cheaply and sell exorbitantly. The app is due to be online in December 2017, and once it is up and running, the middlemen at the market might have to think again about how to make their profits. For DW, this is Frank Yiga in Uganda. People stay, then after a while it's our Venus ends. Hello and goodbye is the game we play, but I just won't play by those rules. Baby, I'm not lost, I'ma keep it 100 till you you're listening to Pulse. Now, after 14 years of peace since its civil war, Liberia is still challenged with high youth unemployment. At going president, Ellen Johnson Salif, in her 2005 inaugural speech, promised to provide 20,000 new jobs, but this has remained elusive for the youth, who make up about 65% of Liberia's 4.1 million people. Yeah, Eunice, now they are frustrated after graduating from university and cannot get formal employment. Most of the country's youth are voting in these elections with the hope that a new government will solve the problem of youth unemployment. Evelyn Pade reports. Every day, Ivan Tanu finds himself here on Broad Street in Liberia's capital, Monrovia, where he sells mobile phones. Since he graduated from the university with a bachelor's degree in economics in 2013, the 32 years old is yet to get a formal employment. 
he has since relied on petty trade to make ends meet. I am highly disappointed. 2011, at the time I having graduated from college, the president of the Republic of Liberia promised to employ more youth. In her inauguration speech, she said that you are going to get 20,000 jobs a year. And upon my graduation up to now, I haven't gotten employment, whether government or private sector, to be formally employed. And what makes matters worse for this college graduate is the decline in his sales. When I first started this business, it was much more encouraging than mine. For the past two years, it has been very bad. Tremendously, sales have dropped. What I used to sell, like selling four a day, it is not difficult to even have sell two a day. So that is the difficulty we are faced with. The stories of many college graduates seeking employment many years after their graduation is alarming. The hope of students here at the state-run university getting a job after they complete studies here is their greatest nightmares. A series of leaders have come to this particular country. They have promised people that say they are going to create a job, they are going to make a job. Solomon Pei is a lecturer here at the University of Liberia teaching statistics. For him, it is even more frustrating, more than the minds of youths who cannot get jobs after their studies. Employment is a serious issue, a mini in the situation of the youth. They are frustrated because once you learn, changes are supposed to come. Every year, the university in Liberia increase their number of graduates. Ask them, oh, there is no job. I have tried. Since I graduated, I have gone through the process. I applied so, applied so. I can't find my way through, so I just decided to even bring my call. I decided to do this. For Ivan, their own availability of employment opportunities for young people is entirely blamed on Sally's failure in properly implementing her policies. We're promising the same thing is another thing implementing. We got Google laws, but we are not implementing them. So till they come to perform, that when I will create them. But I still have a big question about who become president of this state. Many youths say Nobel Peace Prize laureate and Africa's first woman president failed in providing the 20,000 jobs she had promised. As Liberia bid farewell to her, young people say they want a new president that can create job opportunities for them. Evelyn Pade with that report. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Pulse. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Just visit DW Africa. Many thanks to our studio team and thank you for tuning in. Join us again next week for another edition of Pulse. I'm Eddie Micah Jr. And I'm Eunice Wenjiro. Have a great week ahead. Wind up close, do what the teacher say and put on the beat. Ah. Is it